Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. A short and sweet one here today on the Cross Pass Podcast as the MPSF stood up for itself this past weekend against the GCC as these teams begin to rematch before heading into conference play. Meanwhile, a homecoming of sorts for many college players across the nation as teams converged on Southern California. Also, despite the frigid temperatures out east, things are beginning to heat up in the NWPC and NAWPC. Plus, an interview with UC San Diego head coach Denny Harper. All on this, episode number 23 of the Cross Pass Podcast. Thanks for listening. Deep breaths. Inhale through your nose slowly. Exhale out of your mouth. The clock has just struck 10 o'clock here on Wednesday, October 9, 2019. The Dodgers have just lost in Game 5 of the National League Divisional Series. Bosco, how are you doing? Pretty devastated right now. <laughs> Bosco said, uh, let's see, the Dodgers lost about 20 minutes ago, I'd estimate. Bosco said this would be the shortest recording that we've ever had. You can count on your hand, <laughs> your two hands. Bullshit. Hey, There's man. one. <laughs> hey, man, everything's going to be okay. Lakers is coming, all right? They're going to probably fucking blow it, too. <laughs> There's something good coming on the horizon, all right? Uh, so anyways, here we are, episode number 23 of the podcast podcast. We went from Clayton Kershaw 22... Yeah, that is the curse of the podcast lives on. We brought up his name. And oh he shit! Blows it. I didn't even think about that. Yes, it's over. It is real. I oh, believe man. everybody what they said. It's terrible. All right. Well, I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say next. <laughs> yeah, it's Jordan. He's retired. <laughs> Nobody cares about him anymore. All right. Well, this is the Cross Pass Podcast, episode number twenty three. Cross Pass two words. Podcast one word. Uh, and we are here on the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V, the number one podcast for uh, your sports teams, for the professionals, do you believe? Um, so, if you want to follow us on Twitter, follow us at CrossPassPod, same thing on Instagram, at CrossPassPod. Um, so, for today's episode, we're going to kind of glance through some Southern California high school boys water polo. Uh, of course, tap into the latest in all the college stuff. And we have uh, quite the long kind of spur-of-the-moment interview that I had with UC San Diego head coach Denny Harper coming up a little bit later on. So, first things first, Bosco trivia. Uh, last week's question was the number of combined years of head coaching experience between um, the teams in the top 10. Now, you set the over-under at 100. Yep. And you said it was? I said 110, and I said seven people had 10 or more years. All right. Well, the final answer is 183 years of head coaching experiences between them. I took the over. Yeah, you did. (laughs) And uh, let's see. I have the other answer right here. Um, Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine out of the 11, because there was two teams tied for 10th last week. So nine out of the 11 had more than 10 years. The fewest, one. Yeah. For USC. Mm-hmm. Uh, second fewest is seven. Uh, UC Davis, Daniel Leeson. 
So there you go. Um, now some new trivia. Uh, Do- Bosco, when was the last time the Dodgers won the World Series? 88. <laughs> when was the last time they exited the postseason so quickly? Um, Man, I'm trying to think. I mean, the last two years they've obviously been to the World Series. Uh, before I think I want to say... Oh, man, I don't know. I'm probably just going to say like 2012 or something. 2015. 2015. It was against the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was when they played the Cardinals, but I couldn't remember. Yeah. All right. Um, so some news. The FINA Intercontinental Tournament, it was announced, will be held in Indianapolis next year from April 20th to May 3rd uh, at the Indiana, Indiana University Natatorium. Um, maybe this is the last chance people will get to see our national teams before the Olympics. I mean, based on time. Probably. Yeah. Uh, all right, so now some real trivia. Uh, when was the last time we hosted the FINA Intercontinental? Uh, mm, let's go with uh, 2008. All right. <laughs> Find out next week. Sure. There's that for the trivia. Uh, yeah. If you guys know the answer, um, go ahead and tweet at us at CrossPassPod. Let us know what you think. So, for Boys High School in Southern California, um, just some quick stuff that I was able to kind of jostle together here before we got started. Um, number one in CIF Division One and Two poll because they're combined, one and two until the playoffs. Uh, Harvard Westlake beat Newport Harbor, who was number two, eight to seven to win the Elite Eight tournament, which was hosted by Harvard Westlake, and the games were live streamed. Who'd have thunk it? Um, so the Wolverines are 2-0 against the Sailors this year, but they will see each other again here pretty soon, 5.30 p.m. Saturday at Harvard-Westlake. Um, so we'll see what happens. Like we said even last week, it's hard to beat a good team three times in one year. Here comes matchup number three. Uh, also, Huntington Beach High School won the SNR Sport Tournament 21-12 over Woodbridge, um, and Foothill High School beat CDM Corona Del Mar uh, for third place 13-10. Um so, and then I also saw um, through the Twitter sphere from uh, Dan Albano, the Orange County Register reporter. He has been always up on the high school aquatic scene in Orange County ever since we were in high school. I remember reading him back in the day. Um, he posted a picture through somebody else. Apologies to whoever it was that he got the photo from. Uh, Anaheim High School is getting a pool, so maybe we'll see them on the up and up here pretty soon. Now, in your opinion, um, how big of a deal is it for a school to get a nice new facility, you know, for their aquatics programs? Yeah, I think it's a pretty big deal because it just gives a lot of extra, I guess, motivation. I don't know. Like, I like like new things and cool things and stuff. So, like, if people, even if people don't play the sport, they might want to come out because it looks nice. But I just think for your program in general, it's like a huge uplift to have a nice pool and to be able to host, and I think it does, I don't know if there's a club that runs out of there, but there'll be a 100,000 clubs trying to get their hands on that pool, get that pool time if it's a nice pool, which will inevitably hopefully help out that program, whatever club it is, you know? Most definitely. Uh, totally agreed, yeah. Um, the club thing will be huge, you know, hosting tournaments, whatever. I've never even heard of Anaheim High School having aquatics or anything. I don't know what their mascot is, anything like that. So um, not saying that they're bad, but you can only go up from here getting a new facility like that. And I think we can both kind of speak from personal experience, like Upland High School where I went, we had like a really crappy dive tank and then a shallow 25 meter pool for swimming. Now, it's kind of weird because back in the day in like the 90s and stuff, Upland was super good at water polo and swimming and then it's kind of tailed off since then. After we got the new pool, 
Um, but you playing and coaching at Rancho, which is just, you know, like a 25 yard square pretty much. Um, you know, I'm sure that you always wanted a nice new pool. That's the dream. Yeah. Versus a school like Los Osos, who, when they started out, they have, you know, a nice pool and, um, we've seen how their program has done, you know, over over the years. So definitely makes a difference. All right. That's it for Boys High School Water Polo. Keep it rolling. so, uh, now into the NCAA, um, the only rankings changes from last week, uh, Harvard went up to 10, so they kicked out LMU and UC Davis. Meanwhile, UC Santa Barbara and USC swapped at numbers four and five. Guess why? Uh, because, wait, why did they swap? Yes. Well, because SC beat them. Exactly, and we'll get to that. Um, so, uh, MPSF, dude, putting their foot down, standing up for themselves. Uh, they went 5-0 and against the Golden Coast Conference over this past week. Uh, we're going to start off with Cal. They're 10-5 and five now. They've won 7 out of their last 10. So things may be, you know, evening out up there in Berkeley. Um, however, it wasn't without, um, you know, them really having to work for it. They outlasted San Jose State, who was 3-10 on the year, um, in overtime, 10-8. So that seemed like it was going to be a big win there in the making for the Spartans. Um, but ultimately, it couldn't happen. Uh, for Cal... I don't know how to say his first name. Safik? Safik Shimsek? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, he had four goals on 11 shots. Meanwhile, the freshman goalie, Adrian Weinberg, stepping up with the double-digit saves again. He had 12, and he's number one in the MPSF with 127 so far. Um, also for Cal, they've got a three straight MPSF Newcomer of the Week awards, um, which is really good for them. Yeah, young team. In a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, and then for San Jose, got a shouts out. Uh, two goals each for Justin Pickering and Adam Bado. Mm-hmm. All right, there's that. Um, UCLA, they hosted the Long Beach State 49ers, Sharks, Pioneers, Prospectors, whatever they are. Uh, yeah. and they beat them 11-7. to um, Two goals each for Garrett Zahn and Austin Stewart for Long Beach. 11 saves for Marwin Darwish. And uh, our guy, Rafa Vergara, one for six shooting. He heard us. So, he toned it down a little bit. Yeah, he must have listened because, yeah, he kept it under double digits this time around. Um, so, yeah, one goal for him, like I said. Uh, a hat trick for the freshman Tommy Gruel for the Bruins, 12 saves for Alex Wolf, And uh, got a shout-out to the redshirt freshman Brock Peterson. I saw through UCLA men's water polo's Twitter that uh, I guess he sat out for a really long time, had a couple of surgeries and all that, and so he opened his scoring account with the UCLA cap on. Nice. So, shouts out to you, Brock. Um, and uh, meanwhile, we're going to jump down here to USC, uh, taking down UC Santa Barbara. Um, they won in overtime, or no, regular time. It was, uh, where did we go? Ah, 10-9. to um, USC jumped out to a 4-2 lead at the start, and the Gauchos couldn't bring it back. Now, UC Santa Barbara Bosco... Yeah, checking back in with uh with our poll here. They're zero two against the Big Four. Yeah, ever since their uh their their you know their three win opening there, um and they have two games left in the regular season. So you actually might be the one who picks that they go zero for the rest of the way. Yeah, things are just playing out how it was gonna happen. It's <laughs> like that game that happened earlier. <laughs> this looks like it might have been an accurate prediction on your part. The Dodgers, however, yeah. not so much. Uh, so in the game, Hannes Dobe one for eight shooting. So it looks like he's still kind of struggling there mm-hmm. um, on goal. Uh, Jacob Merchep had three goals and Nick Porter 10 saves for the Trojans. Meanwhile, four goals for Yvonne. That's a tough one, man. <laughs> Jovzdanovic. That. 
Yeah. You're a resident Euro in the house, <laughs> so I'll let, I'll leave the specialty to you. Yeah. Uh, and then 10 saves for Danny Rowland, uh, as we said before, the ex-UCLA goalie. Um, moving on, Stanford, who's 12-1 on the year, uh, took down Pacific 11-8. Uh, the Tigers are 10-2 now on the season. Pacific was up 4-2, to actually, after the first quarter, but the yeah. Cardinal, the Trees, um, logged a 5-1 to second quarter. That kind of turned the tables for good there. Um, hat tricks for Tyler Abramson and A.J. Rossman for Stanford. Now, if Stanford goes on to win the national championship, how good of a shout do you think Abramson has at getting the Catino Award, or at least a nomination? Because yeah, it's, picked- it's not unheard of to see two kids from one school get nominated. Yeah, I, p- I picked him in the beginning of the year. To be a nominee? Yeah. Oh, I, can, I didn't know that. Yeah. At least I forgot. Yeah. But it seems like my picks. he's uh, shouldering most of the scoring load for the trees so far this year. So yeah, He had know. a breakout. I thought he did well last year at the end, too, and then got to play with Team USA a bit. I think that's big. So yeah, yeah I picked, that's why I picked him in the beginning. Most definitely. And uh, two goals each from the Tigers for Luke Pavillard and Andrea Denardi, a Frenchman. And we haven't said his name once all year. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Um, now on the flip side, Pacific did take down UC Davis 12-9. Um, the Tigers kind of like took that one away with a 4-1 to second quarter. Uh, Pavlard had four goals, three goals for Matt Hosmer and 10 saves for John Barry. Meanwhile, Nurgross had three goals for the Aggies. And also shouts out to Duncan Creed. He uh, got some time in goal there to relieve the usual starter, Jonah Addington, and he had, it looked like, three saves. Um... So yeah, I just wanted to point out those uh, those MPSF scores because you know they uh, they had that big weekend. Like I said, um, who knows if they're going to be reestablishing their dominance around the nation once again? Um, I certainly hope not. Um, but yeah, we have this kind of like next week or so where there's going to be more MPSF and GCC matchups uh, before things kind of settle down into everybody's conference play. Um, now, meanwhile, also over the weekend was the Gary Troyer Tournament, formerly known as the Claremont Convergence. Um, and there was just a ton of just like really crazy back and forth scores, I thought, through the whole weekend. There's way too many to sit here and rattle off here tonight. Um, yeah. But there's definitely some that stood out that we'll get to. But uh, first, uh, I wanted to point out the UC San Diego Pomona Pitzer score. Uh, San Diego won 12-9. Um, and yeah, they, they just, you know, they kind of edged them out there with just three one-goal quarters. Uh, four goals for Connor Turnbow-Lindenstadt and three for Skylar Munatonis and two each for the Sagehens by Dylan Elliott and Alex Peterson. Now, I uh, wanted to headline this score because I had the opportunity to speak with Trident's head coach, Denny Harper, nice. after the game. Um, and for those of you who don't know, this guy, he's been around the longest in the sport. This is his 40th season as the head coach down there in La Jolla. Yeah. Um, just a ton of stats here that I have about him. I mean, he has a game named after him, for God's sakes. The Harper Cup, mm-hmm. which is the uh, the annual game between San Diego State and UCSD's women's teams, because uh, he was the coach of the UCSD women at one time. Um, now on the men's side, they've won the WWPA 19 times under him, uh, so he's also been the 19-time WWPA Coach of the Year. Um, he's got... I didn't do the math to add in this year's wins, but he's got to be like over 650 total wins. Um, 16-time association of college water polo coaches of the year, and he had something like a five- or six-year streak going on until Jovan took it last year. Um, now, uh, they're going Division One. Did you know that? 
Yeah, yeah. You yeah. see, San Diego as a whole is going Division One, so that'll be more scholarships for his squad, which um, you know, hopefully it'll close that gap even more. I think that it will because they're like one of the top public institutions in the whole country. They're smart kids. It's a great school. It's a fun school. It's a, you know, good area. Oh yeah, is it a good area? Not to mention the facilities are like super awesome. They hosted NC Two A's a few years ago. Um, the stands are always packed for whenever they host LMU. It's always like been a big rivalry game for them, which I uh, talked about with Coach Harper. Um, he mentioned also that uh, that they're like one team away from making a Big West for the men's side. So I'm curious as to who else would be in that. Um, but I just kind of wanted to ponder on like, dude, 40 years is such a long time. Pretty pretty sweet gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's been the director of aquatics for the last 26 years also. So literally as long as we've been alive. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just gnarly because this day and age, like I couldn't imagine doing the same thing for 40 years in a row. Yeah, but that's the difference between our generation and some of the older generation. That's why it's so hard for us to get jobs now. No, it certainly is. <laughs> you know, to move up. Thanks, Bosco. Yeah, exactly. But uh, shouts out for us millennials. Yeah, there you go. Can't be can't be satisfied with anything. No. Um, but yeah, I just I feel like these head coaching gigs, man. It's like being a Supreme Court justice, like. These do, once you get one of these, man, like you hang on to it for as long as you can until you die or you get in trouble with the FBI. Yeah, I think that's why it's a little, it's really hard for. Uh, I think that there's a lot. I think I don't remember who I was talking to about this. It might have been my boss, but it just in general, it's really hard to keep water polo good water polo coaches around for a long time because you got to make money. Like you know, there's no money to be made coaching water polo unless you're slaving away doing the club thing doing your high school thing and it's just a lot and you have to dedicate your life to it and if you're just not like and that's and then if you want to be a teacher so and then I mean like for myself I think a big thing was why I stopped coaching was because I'm just always a person that looks to get higher up you know, and like, you know, kind of why I stepped away to go into the workforce a little bit to get mm -hmm. those promotions and move up in a company. And I felt like with water polo, it just wasn't there. Like you said, like Supreme Court justice, like these guys just don't leave, you know, like it's in, I think just being a water, like a water polo coach is really hard to do yeah. to be a lifetime and let alone 40 years. Yeah. I mean, you could stick at the JC level, but I mean, I think that there's just always people in myself that are just like hungry for more. Yeah. You know, you think about it, you go to high school, the next level would be college. Obviously, you're not going to go from high school to USC, <laughs> but you're going to go, you know, try to do the JC thing and then the D3 thing. But like, maybe you never get a chance to go beyond that. And I think that's kind of like a, almost soul crushing a little bit. I mean, but you see these guys that make a life out of it, like Whittemore at Redlands and A-Rod at Pomona. Yeah. Who's been there and even um, at uh, Kalu, um, Craig. Craig Ron. Ron. Yeah, he's yeah. been there for a long time, but it's like it's like all these older heads, mm -hmm. you know, and they're probably not going to leave for a long time. And yeah. then they have their already assistant in place. So I think it's just tough. I think that is a prime example of like a great program like that. Like, if I was still coaching, would be like, oh, my God, I'd love to be the head coach of UC San Diego. But yeah. probably never going to happen, you know. And it's yeah. tough for people out there. to. It's a, just a tough thing. So piggybacking off of that, um, just kind of like doing some research and stuff, uh, like things I came across about him. Uh, the UC San Diego newspaper also, they recently did a story about him in his 40th year. No surprise. Um, but he kind of talked about how um, almost in a way like the job like fell in his lap, sort of, like. 
he never, it sounded like he never envisioned being here for as long as he did. And, you know, like he was just kind of there coaching because um, his friend like called him and was like, hey, I'm leaving. Like, do you want the job? And he was like, yeah, sure. Kind of deal. And then, you yeah. know, fast forward and here they are. Um, also, he was this 16 years as the Tritons women's coach. Uh, they won five USA water polo titles. That was before the NCAA recognized the sport. And um, he also coaches at Sunset Water Polo Club down there. That's why they have such a strong, strong alumni base. Um, down there in La Jolla, and uh, also super random fact, um, he also led the UCSD men into the Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, they played 26 hours of continuous water polo from April 7th to 8th, 1989. All right. So it's pretty epic, if you ask me. That's uh, a lot of water polo. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here we go. Interview from Denny Harper. It's a little bit more than nine minutes long. And uh, Get your popcorn. Yeah, we talk about a few things. And uh, yeah, so here we go. All right, so uh, congrats on the win. Thank you. Um, so you guys never led by more than two. Um, you guys were up by one after the first quarter and at halftime. Just kind of how were you feeling about the team and how they were playing through the first 16 minutes? Well, I don't, I don't, I mean, coaching staff certainly wasn't surprised by how tough a game this was going to be. Uh, maybe our players were a little surprised. Uh, couldn't seem to get a whole lot of separation on. Uh, the pesky sage hens, but uh, you know we weathered a few storms, and I think got ourselves in a position where we started the fourth up two, and then and then got a little more separation and felt a little more comfortable that we had the game in hand. But it was a hard-fought game. I mean, obviously, Pomona is a very well-coached team by Alex Rodriguez, and uh, they've got they've got some horses. So I we feel fortunate that we came away with the win. All right, right on. Um, so now just kind of jumping ahead. Um, you guys had dropped that, you know, it's always a rivalry game with LMU. You guys dropped that one at home a couple weeks ago, but now you go to their house when it counts here next Saturday. Um, how are you guys feeling about that Yeah, one? that uh, that loss feels like it was about three months ago um, because we've since all played quite a bit, and there was quite a few WWPA teams at the uh, MPSF tournament. Mm-hmm. And we had kind of a scenario that uh, occurred where um, – Davis beat LMU at LMU, mm-hmm. but then we ended up beating Davis on Sunday. Uh-huh. So I think there was this feeling like, well, it's a three-team race perhaps, which I didn't agree with because I know that CBU is tough. We only beat them uh, by a goal or two the other night, mm-hmm. uh, and they're hosting our conference tournament. So, uh, you know, I, I, I speak often about the fact that I think that our conference has quite a bit of parity. Uh, I'm the type of uh, coach that gets paranoid about every team. Uh, so uh, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a battle at the end. But yeah, we do go to their pool for the conference game, October 12th. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, of late, Davis has been more of the current rivals, but uh, really LMU and UCSD is a long-standing yeah. rivalry, and uh, their head coach John Lofgren and I are good friends uh, until the ball's dropped <laughs> and then it's game on. There but uh, it, it, it'll be entertaining. Uh, so I'm glad that you brought up parity. I mean, just kind of looking at the overall landscape of NCAA men's water polo this year, I mean, it's wide yeah. open. I feel like it's it has to be the most exciting that anybody can probably remember for yeah, a long time. Yeah, it's kind of refreshing, your, isn't it? Yeah, what are your feelings on it? Well, my feelings are, from a personal standpoint, uh, I'm stoked to see it have happened. 
Yeah. Uh, this is my 40th season at UCSD, mm-hmm. and it's always been the same teams. <laughs> um, you know, Pepperdine was the last non-Pac-12 school to win it in 97. 97. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's 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 good to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, Santa Barbara had their little run um, after the MPSF tournament. It kind of jumbled up a little bit more. Yeah. But yeah, I mean to have. Uh, not a typical Cal team mm-hmm. to date. Yeah. Not a typical SC team to date. Uh, I know there's some big games going on this weekend, but uh, yeah, quite obviously, I think everybody feels like, well, this is good for water polo. Yeah. And definitely. the fact that it's been dominated by four or five teams forever is, I don't know. I think a lot of people think it's bullshit. You know? <laughs> They're tired of it. There you go. You know, it's kind of. You know, I know they're just doing what they need to do, but it's kind of, uh, in many ways, it's uh, it's caused kind of an opposite effect of, of stifling the sport and the yeah. growth, you know. And there are still games to start the season that piss me off beyond belief. I don't think we need to see uh, games scheduled where uh, a team is losing 25 to, to 2. Yeah. I, I, I don't care for that. I don't think it's good for the sport. Mm. Um, I, I, I dig the... The Michigans that will schedule Appalachian State, yeah, you know, I, I think that that's good. If you, know? you get a payday out of it, <laughs> no kidding. So, uh, but yeah, to answer your question, I think the parody is great, yeah. and uh, it's it's good to see it mixed up, and it, it's exciting for everybody. Well, from our perspective, I can definitely tell you, like journalistically, it makes it really difficult to try to cover and give exposure. Because oh yeah, you're you having to really work now. <laughs> you end up pretty much like a broken record. So this is good for us too. Yeah, good. Um, but anyways, and you keep on getting ahead of me, coach. Um, I wanted to shift here to the end. A more personal note: forty seasons. Uh, yeah. What are you going to do to commemorate it? Anything special? Mm, uh, no. I mean, I'm just <laughs> grinding like any other season, trying to win a conference championship. Right on. And uh, you know, hopefully get. Get that play-in game and a berth to uh, NCAA's Final Four and do something there. That's that's the goal every year. It hasn't changed. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think too much about the 40th uh, season, uh, except I got so many people that remind me about it. And <laughs> Sorry, it's just like whatever. It's just, it's all good. Still having fun. Yeah. So, what is it about the program? You know, um, obviously, you guys have been one of the most like consistently successful teams in the WWPA, even on the national level. You know, last year's Final Four, the 2005 team comes to mind. Yeah, also. we finished fifth last year. So, um, so you know, what's kind of behind the, the Tritons always being up there? Well, you know, the landscape of UCSD is in fact changing. Mm-hmm. You know, we were always kind of the overachievers, uh, non-scholarship, Division three. Yeah. 2000, we went to Division two. Uh, and we're in the process now of moving to Division One, so you know it's a big campus, lots of kids. The Division One thing is happening. Our uh, department's moving to the Big West. Yep. Um, we're one short of men's teams to form a Big West men's conference. Mm-hmm. Our women's team goes right into the the uh, Big West. But um, yeah, I you know it's 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 always been, in my opinion. Uh, a real jewel of a campus. I mean, you're talking about historically the sixth, seventh, eighth ranked public institution in the U.S. Yeah. So over all these years, I don't know that we've always had the biggest and fastest and most decorated guys, but they're freaking smart. They're smart <laughs> kids. Yeah. And I don't mean necessarily just X's and O's, but they're also smart kids about the right way to develop team chemistry mm-hmm. and to compensate for 
you know, maybe some bigger, stronger, more talented teams of things that we can do. Uh, I, I, I think that through all these years, we've always played really great team ball. And I know for a fact that uh, if it's a team ranked ahead of us, they're not looking forward to playing us. If it's a team ranked below us, I think they probably look forward to it more because they'd like to upset us the same way we've always liked to upset top four, top five, top six teams. Uh, but landscape is changing, and I think, uh, you know, another two, three, four years, there's going to be no excuse for us not to be, you know, winning titles. There you go. And uh, just finally, again, on a personal note, what is it about UCSD, the program, the school, that's kept you around for so long? Because, I mean, 40 years is quite, a while. It's quite a while, right? Have you been to La Jolla? Yes, I've been <laughs> to your pool many yeah. times. You know, uh, I've been lucky. Water polo, like so many coaches, it's taken me all over the world. But uh, while San Diego's growing a lot, it's mm-hmm. a busy, uh, big boy city now. Uh, you know, where I've lived since the early 80s and to raise my five kids uh, and, uh, you know, be in such a great town has, has been awesome. And uh, I think the other thing that has probably quite honestly maybe kept me anchored there is, uh, you know, when I took over the program in 80, I mean, I was just a dumb shit kid. And uh, what I realized, though, was, wow, these guys that I coached are going to stay in San Diego. We have a Sunset Club program. Yeah. And they stay here, and now I transition from being, you know, hard-ass coach to their friends. Mm. And I've been doing it for so long that now, you know, I'm like Uncle Denny and all this kind of stuff, and I've got former players that still play ball. Yeah. We still go places, and we, we just we have a blast. And that's something that I didn't anticipate. I wasn't bright enough to figure out that, wow, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, the richest guy in the world because <laughs> I've got all of these – Guys are still staying in San Diego. So that's, that's probably a huge factor for me, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, I've definitely heard that the alumni network is strong. That's so. amazing. Hey, Coach, congrats on 40 okay, years. And thank here's you. another 40 years. Thank you. All right, right thank on. you. Thanks, Daniel. All right, so thanks to Coach Denny Harper there for the time. Um, I said the 2005 team. It was actually 2006. Uh, they took third place that year. They beat Navy in a third place game. And, yeah, like you said, they finished fifth last year. They're ninth, uh, ninth ranked right now. And uh, so only good things happening for the Tritons. Uh, what did you think about what he had to say? Uh, he just seems really old school. He kind of, it sounds funny, but he reminds me of like a Bill Belichick. Yeah. The kind of the way his demeanor and coaching is, is very like, just kind of do your role. Kind of like I imagine him like not, I mean, he probably gets fired up like everyone, but he seems like very, been doing this for years, kind of gets it. You know, there's no secret to it, you know? and. Mm-hmm. But he seems very even keel and like a really cool guy to play for, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know a couple of people who played for him and they only had good things to say about it. Um, I thought what was a little bit striking was um, his opinion on kind of like those early season games, like the 25 to twos and all that kind of stuff, like he mentioned, because we were obviously on the two end of that. Yeah. And uh, I don't I personally kind of looked forward to it, you know, because it's kind of like the highlight of your weekend, you know, <laughs> with uh, there's like a 1% chance that you'll end up winning. Yeah. But, you know, like you get to score some goals against them and like kind of keep that with you. And uh, I think it's always kind of helped out the Division three teams because it kind of like helps – it helps you get more ready for like stiffer competition. You get used to, you know, having to be forced at playing at a higher level. So that way like when conference comes and all that, you're just at least hopefully a little bit that much more prepared. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm sure for them, you know, they kind of just feel like it's a, a semantic. It's a little bit of a waste of time perhaps. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we'll see how the Tritons do in pursuit of their 20th title. 
under Coach Harper. Um, so, turning back to the Gary Troyer, um, one team that kind of stood out to me, man, uh, was Cal Baptist. Right, Coach mentioned it. Uh, Cal Baptist started off good. They suffered just a 12-11 loss to the Tritons. Um, that was a conference game there. But then they got pushed by Whittier. They squeaked out a win, uh, 12-11. Then they lose, man. They lose three straight to CMS, 8-7 to to Fordham, 11-10, and uh, 12-7 to Pomona Pitcher to close things out. The Fordham loss was actually the first one of the weekend, their first game. Mm-hmm. But uh, still, man, I mean, what I don't understand what was up. With that Fordham coming, kind of coming out of nowhere, I don't know if they just slept on them or what. But yeah, I I think Fordham's played a couple of good games this year, right? They have uh, they beat Bucknell. Uh, maybe I if they did, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I think they're I think they're uh, I mean playing well, but still, yeah, not a good weekend for CBU. Yeah, and Fordham is a Division One team. Yeah, for what it's worth, um, I remember like they were pretty good when we played against yeah, that kind of stuff too, Mikey or whatever. Yeah, it was good. Exactly. Um, so kind of sticking to the East Coast now here, uh, we're kind of winding down in the show. Um, it was a big kickoff weekend for the NWPC. Um, Brown edged out Iona before losing to St. Francis 16-14 and uh, losing to Princeton 12-9. Um, Princeton, they matched up with Harvard there early on, losing 12-9 also before barely squeaking out a win against MIT 9-8 in overtime. Um, Harvard also beat St. Francis 17-15 and beat Iona 19-9. And uh, St. Francis beat Iona 14-12 in overtime and MIT 17-9. So kind of some weird back-and-forth uh, scores there. The standings as they are today, uh, Harvard is at 3-0, number one. St. Francis is number two at 3-1. and Princeton 2-1. and MIT and Brown are 1-2. And, and Iona is 0-4. Um, also, this weekend, the MAWPC will resume. They were off last weekend. Also, there's going to be more NWPC games this weekend. Um, not you know slowing down out there on the East Coast at all. Uh, Fordham, there you are. They're number one in the MAWPC right now, followed by George Washington, who was off this past weekend. Uh, Navy, they came out to California. Bucknell was off. Uh, Wagner, Johns Hopkins, then LaSalle. Um, now, turning to the Conference of the People, Bosco. The Skyag. The Skyag. Uh, there were games tonight. I'm not going to read off all the scores, but I do have the current standings. Whittier is number one at 4-0. Mm-hmm. Uh, Redlands is number two, three, and one. Well, it's a, like a three-way tie, but on their website, they have it listed in this order. So Redlands is three and one, CMS three and one, Chapman three and one, Pomona's right there in the middle at two and two, Oxy, Kalu, and Laverne are all tied at one and three, and the Beavers, Beaver Nation, 0 and four of Caltech. Um, what do you kind of think of the standings so far in? People's Conference. Uh, I mean, obviously, Pomona being 2-2. Two and two, uh, They lost to CMS tonight. Uh, so that's kind of big after just being on a huge run for so long. Uh, but yeah, they're still, they still have to play everybody twice. So they'll come back around and see how everything balances out. And I think, uh, I think these early losses, though, will be really interesting um, heading into the second round of play and then for that top four getting into the tournament for them. Yep. We'll be curious because, I mean, if the season were to end today, Pomona wouldn't make it, which would be pretty wild yep. for Skyax, So Exactly. Yeah, I think Chapman getting out to 3-1 and one is pretty big for them because they've always can, they've always been like a bubble team Yeah, for me. Like they'll have – they're always in the middle and sometimes they'll be on the, the top end and sometimes they'll be on the lower end. So maybe this is uh, one of those top end years. Uh, CMS's loss came to Whittier, so mm-hmm. they've already got one of those out of the way. Um and then I, they should play them again, but what's weird is that there's some teams that a team will only play once, you know? So 
Yeah, because there's nine, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'd like to see that rematch happen again. Um, exactly what you said about Pomona. I don't think anybody would have imagined this coming into the season, you know? Yeah. And then especially just considering, like, the other games that Pomona has. You know, like, they get up for these games. Uh, they beat Air Force. They have that close game against San Diego. And then they're dropping these conference games. Now, not to say that there's anything wrong with Whittier and CMS. They're obviously both great teams. But I feel like, you know, they've obviously been the dominating team of the conference in the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, it's just a little surprising. And uh, and then, of course, for tonight's game, Pomona versus CMS, the 6th Street rivalry. You know, everybody's always going to get up for that one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that about rounds things off. Uh, games to watch, if you can, because who knows if there's live streams, whatever, blah, blah, blah. True. Uh, I'm sure Harvard-Westlake should be broadcasting that game against uh, Newport Harbor on Saturday. Meanwhile, uh, UCLA hosts UC Santa Barbara at 7 p.m. Friday in Westwood. That's a good one. Uh, San Diego, like I had talked about with Coach, they're going to LMU for a 1 p.m. start on Saturday. That's a good one. Uh, USC and Pacific, another big rematch. It's a good one. Yep, 2.30 p.m. on Saturday up in Stockton. And I feel like there's always just kind of like a little bit of an advantage yeah. for the Northern California teams when they host. Um, then Stanford, they're making a trip down to UC Irvine. It's the home opener for the Anteaters. So I have suggested this one. Plus, I imagine a lot of listeners are in the area. They can go and check out a top team in the country. That one's at 1 p.m. on Sunday. And... Um, Another big rematch, uh, this time on the East Coast, uh, Harvard at MIT, 9 a.m. Pacific time on Sunday. Uh, so we'll see if maybe MIT Sunday can get over the games. hump. Yeah. No fun on the weekend for these guys, man. Yeah. Nope. Um, well, anyways, let's see. 37. <laughs> Everything's going to be all right, dude. Blow it up, man. The Dodgers <sighs> got to blow it up. Trash. Awful. That's it. You'll get them next year, bud. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got to say. Let's end this. Follow us on everything. Yeah. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at CrossBassPod, on Instagram at CrossBassPod. Um, if you are at the pool this weekend, you know, go ahead, um, take a picture of podcast, add us at CrossBassPod, anything you want to do to share, we will retweet it. Um, same thing on Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, anyways, thanks again for listening to the CrossPass Podcast. Signing off. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.